all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, and you're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. Halloween is here. It's one of the most popular holidays with kids. It can be a great time to get out with your family, spend some time with them, maybe some of your neighbors too. But there are some potential hazards that could pop up. Learning how to avoid these dangers today and joining in on the discussion by sharing your comments is what we're going to be talking about. So if you have a question or a comment about Halloween or other health problems uh, that have been burning on your mind, you can give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send an email to kids at mpbonline.org. Halloween, you know, there's... Plenty of holidays that kids like. Probably the most popular, I think, every time I see a, uh, you know, a, a survey on this of children. Uh, Christmas, of course, is sort of comes up as the most popular, but Halloween's a close second to that. And uh, every kid loves going trick-or-treating or somewhere where they can get lots of candy. Uh, you know, that's, uh, as far as kids are concerned, that's one of the, the uh, main food groups uh, is candy or sugar. Uh, certainly, we don't want them... Totally filling up on that. I'm not one to say, you know, as a physician, as a pediatrician, to never have any candy. I mean, what fun is that, particularly around Halloween? But I know there are some health problems that might limit them sometimes from doing that. For instance, diabetes is one, but uh, they may have some other limitations, and certainly you'd want to be careful with that. So we've been talking about those kinds of issues around Halloween. Now, Halloween's an interesting holiday. As most of our American holidays go, it um, is sort of an amalgam, a combination of lots of different things. And uh, most people think this originally started with the Celts or Celts, however you like to... uh, if you're from Boston, I guess you might uh, you might call it the Celts. So, uh, but the Celts, uh, the, the, these were the people who were in Ireland and uh, and uh, the UK uh, and parts of France, so a couple other uh, places around Northern Europe. But they uh, had a holiday. Their first of their year began uh, around uh, late October, early November, and you know it was a time of harvest. It was the time right before. Uh, the the darkness of winter, since they are so far uh, northern latitudes that they lived in. And at, at that time, there were a lot of, you know, we're talking 2,000 years ago, a lot of death that happened during the winter time just because it was a lot harder. If you didn't have enough food from the harvest to store, uh, the, it was just a lot of hardship. And they, um, you know, while they celebrated all the things that they had brought in from the harvest uh, prior to that, around this holiday. They also believe that this was a time when the spirits of the dead would sort of 
manifest themselves. And uh, they, because they were so connected to the land uh, and what it brought out, they sought, like many cultures uh, do and, and did at that time, to try to predict things. And this was a time that they thought that, um, that was uh, ripe for predicting what would happen in the future. Uh, they uh, predicted each other's futures or tried to do that as best they could. And, uh, and it would sort of give them a little bit of hope to get through that winter period. So with uh, other cultures coming in, influence of the Romans and uh, Christian culture, uh, Christian influence in, uh, in that area, there were a lot of uh, combinations uh, around All Saints Day and All Hallows' Eve um, and lots of traditions. For instance, the trick-or-treat tradition, most people think, came about because um, uh, poor people could uh, basically come up, and this is a time that they could either get money or they could get food. Uh, and, uh, you know, a soul's cake uh, was one of the things that they would uh, would be given in, um, in, in the payment for that, uh, so to speak, would be to uh, pray for the uh, people who were giving it away, uh, pray for their loved ones who had died for their souls. Um, so there are lots of things that sort of, you know, crept into the holiday. The trick part of that, uh, if you didn't get anything, then there were lots of, uh, you know, depending on the time period, lots of all kinds of mischievous, mischievous things that might, uh, might happen to you should you not do that. Man, if you tell a kid, you know, to play a trick on somebody, then good luck. Uh, defending against that. There's all kinds of things that could happen. We don't see much of the tricks anymore, um, but we do see a lot of treats. And certainly in America, uh, the old uh, tradition of trick-or-treating is still alive and well, although a lot of people are moving away from, you know, going door-to-door just because of safety issues. And depending on where you live, that might not be practical. Um, But uh, they're moving away from that to other things like carnivals. But it is a holiday that kids love to do that. Of course, costumes are a big part of it. You know, the history there. Uh, people thought that uh, if if ghouls or other things were uh, trouncing around and coming out at this time, if you dressed up in a mask or some other costume, they might think that uh, they wouldn't uh, recognize you if they were coming to haunt you. And they might think that you might just be a, a ghost or a ghoul uh, walking down the street, um, minding your own business. So that's sort of the at least the thought about how those things came into being. And uh, now, of course, mainly it's just a lot of good fun. But a lot of things can happen, particularly since most of the activities occur either later in the day or at night. In a lot of places in the U.S., it's already, you know, here in Mississippi in the south, we're looking at uh, old sunset right around 630 right now. Uh, But uh, a lot of these activities will happen after the sun goes down. And most kids, if you ask them, they want to be out when it's dark. They don't want to be out when it's lighter. Uh, uh, in the day. So you got large numbers of people that are congregating together at whatever the activity is. You have low light conditions. You have lots of distractions because people are in different costumes. We're not accustomed to seeing everybody dressed up as a superhero, Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Batman. I can guarantee you that the DC comic uh, costumes will be popular this year. And, uh, you know, all those things are distractions from what we would normally do. And you place that in a neighborhood setting. Uh, the most common 
uh, an injury that happens around Halloween has to deal with our surroundings and how we interact with that. So, you know, people spraining their ankle, falling over a curb. Uh, unfortunately, some vehicular, uh, you know, traffic in areas causes a lot of uh, a lot of injuries. So you have to be uh, you have to be wary of your surroundings. And also, if you are out with your kids trick or treating, or you have older kids who are doing that, you know, semi. Uh, by themselves, then you need to have some rules of the road uh, and rules for the night that tries to keep them safe while they're having fun out there. And there is an age appropriateness of this, too. As I just mentioned, you know, young children, certainly you would want to accompany them just like you would on any other uh, activity uh, to give them some, uh, you know, some expectations while they're there. Certainly a three-year-old, even the best set of rules that you explain and that they can explain back to you will get broken. Uh, that's just how they're wired. Uh, they do not, you can't reason with a three-year-old. That's just impossible. I don't care how smart they are. I know some smart ones. Uh, they, uh, they're going to do what they uh, normally do, which is run around and cause a lot of noise and uh, ignore boundaries. Um, and you just have to go with that. And uh, going with them, being there to try to point them in the right direction and keep them safe is your responsibility as, a, as their guardian or adult. Candy's a big deal, too. You know, a lot of the sweets and, and things, um, you run into a lot of problems with that. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We're talking about Halloween safety this morning. And any other uh, health topics that you've been waiting to call in for, this is your chance. And you can call us this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to kids at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Um, you know, I'm, growing up, one of my favorite things to do, and Halloween was a big holiday for us in our family. Like, we loved doing that. We lived in a neighborhood where we could go trick-or-treating. We often did go, you know, sort of make our way around uh, at least, you know, 50 to 100 houses sometimes, depending on the year. And as I got older, you know, I had a, a really good time dressing up. Uh, I can remember even in my teens, you know, most teenagers by that time are like, eh, I'm too cool for that. I'm not going to do that. I enjoyed doing that and uh, making my own costume. You know, this is something that uh, I can remember doing. And, man, I had some scary looking stuff. I saw a picture of myself um, a couple of weeks ago when I was probably 14, 15, sometime, some age around there. And uh, I looked like I was pretty uh, decaying uh, with the costume that I had. And uh, would sit on the front porch and wait for people to come up, some kids to come up and enjoyed scaring the fool out of them. I probably gave them nightmares for the rest of their life. Probably not a good thing to do, but I did it. So, uh, you know, but the the joy of doing those things, and in particular with your friends and family, those were some good times that I remember from growing up that we hung out together and did those kinds of things that were fun. Certainly some costumes from time to time that are superheroes. Uh, you know, we do some crazy stuff sometimes with our residents and medical students in medical school for team building opportunities. And one of the things we do uh, is a costume, different costumes in different times of the year. Certainly Halloween's one of those, but we have a bowling tournament that we do that too. And it's uh, always fun to do that. But I can remember a couple of times with some of those costumes that I would trip or I would, uh, you know, that they weren't, uh, I didn't have the best vision. Certainly those, the mask that you can get with a lot of costumes, they don't allow you to see very well. And again, if you combine that with low light conditions, with lots of people 
moving around, maybe walking through neighborhoods or uh, down the street at different places that you're not used to. Those are all things that can cause uh, a lot of problems. So let's take neighborhood safety. You know, one of the things you have to discern as a parent is where are you going to, if you're going to trick or treat or if you're going to go somewhere, where are you going to go? And I would I would at least drive through wherever you're thinking about taking your child just to get a lay of the land and see, you know, sort of navigate that when you can see everything uh, and and uh, choose your neighborhoods wisely. Uh, ideally, they should be neighborhoods where you know most of the people in them. Uh, you know, a lot of people will go to a different neighborhood if you don't live in a place that, that does that. Um, but, um, you know, at least somebody that you know is in that neighborhood and can vouch for them being a safe place for your kids to trick-or-treat. Know where your child is going. And, again, for younger children, that means that you have direct supervision, so you're directly there with them, and you can see them going up to houses and returning back to the curb or back to the, the edge of the street and then walking with them to the next house. If they're older... And you do feel like that they can trick-or-treat on their own or go to different places on their own. Make sure you know where they're going. Uh, There may be some places that you would rather them not go, uh, some conditions that you want to coach them uh, to do things, uh, you know, if they they perceive that there's some danger there. Unfortunately, even in the best neighborhoods, sometimes we run into problems. Uh, There are certainly, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of fun that goes on on Halloween, but there are some truly scary situations out there and unfortunately fortunately we don't have a whole lot of them but there are some people that would seek out this opportunity to do harm to your children and you definitely want to know where they're going a lot of people will check out online uh, you know different uh, websites it's pretty easy to get a listing of uh, individuals who uh, have, you know, been in uh, prison or been uh, convicted of um, doing terrible things to children, you want to check that out and see if they're, you know, if they're in the neighborhood. There's great ways to do that now that we didn't have, say, 10 or 15 years ago. So, and you want to define that for your child, too. Define where they're going, define when they're going to go out and when you're going to take them out. And then think about other alternatives. If it's really not any good solutions, there are plenty of churches and other organizations that have carnivals. Uh, If you're in the central Mississippi area, I know Jay talked about this in the last hour about the uh, Sanderson Farms uh, golf championship that's going on right now. And they've got a lot. You don't have to watch golf if that's not your thing. There's a lot of good golf going to be there. But it's going to be a great place you could take your entire family. I think, Jay, help me out. uh, uh, Children under 17, 17 and under, I think they're free if they are accompanied by an adult that has a ticket. That's right, yeah. 17 and under. Yeah, so that's it. And that's something else that's a little bit different. Uh, They have a lot of activities, uh, lots of different things, again, that aren't totally tied to golf. That's just one example of some things going on in the state. I know, like, uh, uh, zoos do a lot with Halloween. Like, uh, there's the boo at the zoo at the Jackson Zoo, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure some other zoos around the state. Some yeah. of the many one that many that we have are doing stuff also. Should kids come and trick or treat up here at MPB Studio? 
probably uh, for what is involved in getting all of that up and ready, the return will probably not be worth uh, the time invested, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, that, that's probably not an option. There. Yeah. So uh, Jason's going to kill me for probably even saying that. Cough, you know, coffee probably is what we can <laughs> offer you. It's about, you know. Would you like some water? Right. Our air is free. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so there are alternatives out there that you can check out. And, uh, you know, just check out your uh, Chamber of Commerce for the local city. Uh, lots of things are going on. As Jay mentioned, a lot of zoos in your area might be doing that, too. And that's a lot of fun. I don't know how much fun it is for the animals. But uh, actually, a lot of places, the animals during the daytime, when you'd have normal zoo hours, they're not really there. You have to catch them early in the morning or later at night. So if they are open after hours, uh, you know, for those kinds of things, you might be able to see animals when you don't normally do that. But even then, you need to know what's going on with your child at those carnivals. So... Just uh, keep uh, keep that in your mind when you're planning out those trips. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy. We're talking about Halloween safety this morning. Some things to keep you and your kids safe because adults can have accidents too during Halloween. And uh, we're going to continue our discussion right after this break. But in the meantime, we've got plenty of time for you to call in if you have a question or a comment about Halloween. Maybe some some tips that you can give us about how to stay safe. You can call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to kids at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, and we're talking about Halloween safety, how to keep your kids safe while they're having fun, terrorizing neighborhoods and carnivals everywhere asking for candy. How can you do that? Man, that's hard sometimes if you got kids that are really rambunctious. But uh, I really like the carnival idea because there's a lot of cool stuff that they have to go on. You do have to know exactly all the activities, you know, hay rides and stuff like that. Are they, you know, appropriately supervised? Uh, younger kids, of course, you'd want to be with them on that. But they do give you some other options for them to have a good time. Uh, doing that. So we've been talking about, you know, sort of the logistics about choosing different things uh, when, uh, you know, knowing when and where they're going to do that, either in neighborhoods, carnivals, other activities, as we mentioned. Uh, But the other thing is, you know, every carpenter has to have an appropriate amount of tools. Um, And uh, what do you need to take with you Uh, If you go out, a flashlight is always a good idea. Now, I know everybody has one on their phone right now. That may not be the best thing. And texting, we didn't, I didn't even put that down on my outline. It just came to my mind. You know, it really, it is a big deal. Uh, The uh, Honolulu, Hawaii has just banned texting. I saw this yesterday in the news. Uh, When you're walking down the street, because they've had so many people that cross the street um, and, uh, and have gotten injured. Uh, interestingly, that law was uh, put into, was uh, lobbied and uh, introduced by kids at a high school. 
uh, in Hawaii because they had a lot of, uh, they were seeing a lot of people that got hurt. But you just think about that too. You know, if you say, ah, I don't need a flashlight, I got my phone. Uh, think about it. You know, it's something that you, that's one more distraction that you or your kids can look at their phone while they're walking around. Probably don't need to be doing that while they're wearing a costume and at night. Uh, and that goes for adults too. Um, but a flashlight's great. You can turn it on and off. There's lots of different colors that you can get. If you don't want to be blinded by a flashlight, choose one that has a filter that's either green or, or preferably red. That'll sort of pre- preserve your night vision. Um, a lighted safety vest is a good idea, particularly for younger kids, or a costume if you buy one. A lot of them now will have some reflective tape on it uh, or reflective surfaces that uh, will identify them to anybody, um, you know, that might be in a car or, you know, if they're smaller individuals, you don't want an adult or an older uh, kid to sort of run over them if they're walking or running around. Uh, But that's a good idea. And also for adults, too. I mean, you might want to wear a little safety vest if you're out there. And nobody wants to do that. But uh, bright clothing. um, And think about the color of their costume as well. Um, or do you want one that's really all black? Uh, you know, if they want to, my, my child, my youngest creative uh, child one year said, I want to go as Peter Pan's shadow. And he dressed up basically like a ninja and uh, nobody could see him anywhere. So, you know, we, we, uh, at least he had some shoes on that were, uh, that were lit up, but it's a good idea to do that um, so that everybody can see them uh, if they're going back and forth. You do want to set some parameters on how you want your kids to act. Now, I know a lot of people just quit trick-or-treating altogether at their homes because kids either, you know, maybe they had some decorations that the kids <clears throat> vandalized or they had, uh, you know, a lot of problems with kids coming in and out. They just didn't want to put up with it anymore. But respect is a is something to teach them. Uh, you know, you've heard us on on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens talk about this in different aspects, different uh, venues, different times that you can teach your kids that. Um, remember, as a parent, you are a coach, and the best way to coach somebody is while they're doing an activity. Um, you know, it's it's alongside them so that you can give them uh, feedback about what they're doing in real time. That's some of the best coaching experiences. You can talk about it after the fact, but really, if you can give them to something to do while they're in practice or while they're actually doing it, role play is another good way to do that. Um, the same thing applies to parenting your child and uh, teaching them some of the things and the ways in which you uh, want them to exhibit good behavior. Um, that is is invaluable for how they conduct themselves. Again, young kids, even older kids, are going to want to run around, do what they want to do. They may trounce through somebody's flower beds. And, you know, if that was your yard, you probably wouldn't want kids doing that. So respect is a, is a word that you want to, you know, depending on their age, uh, have them uh, understand how that impacts both them and other people. You want them to respect other people. If somebody's standing in front of a door, I'm sure you wouldn't want your kid just sort of button in line and getting up front. Uh, to get the candy, uh, but the other people that they're with, that's important to teach them a way to respect other people and adults, to respect property, uh, both in where they're walking and how they conduct themselves. Uh, if they're, you know, at somebody's house and they see something on the front porch or front steps, you don't want them to be trying to uh, break that or, or destroy it. 
Um, respect for parents as well. What are those expectations that you have for them, uh, for you as a parent or a grandparent, um, in the way that you expect them to interact with you? If you expect them to, you know, come back to you, if you say, Hey, I I want you, we're going to go around this way instead of, uh, directly going down the street. Uh, you want to talk to them about that so that you know what your expectations are. And then finally themselves, how are they going to respect themselves with their behaviors and, um, even if they're younger and you're going to be right there with them talking about these things, it's just one more opportunity that you can have with your kids to reinforce that and making sure everybody's on board too. I know a lot of families, uh, you know, these are times that uh, grandparents or uh, aunts, uncles, uh, you know, um, all kinds of different people are going to be there and they may have different expectations. Make sure y'all talk about that as adults as well, or even parents. I mean, sometimes parents are, have totally different expectations about their kids, uh, behavior. It's a great time to talk beforehand about that and then apply it to them in real time. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We're talking about Halloween safety this morning. Got a lot, lot, lot of good tips, uh, on how to keep your children safe. But we also have plenty of time for you to call in if you have a question. It doesn't have to be Halloween safety related. It can be any kind of a health question that you would like answered for us to take a stab at this morning. You can call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. Um, so... When you think about, um, you know, the respect thing, there's also routines. Uh, if uh, What are you going to do around that time that they're going out? And a big one that, that we see a lot, um, because of the time that most of these activities run, whether that's, you know, usually it's in the uh, 4.30 to 9 o'clock range for most people. Uh, whether that's going out trick-or-treating or or other activities at a a central location. Uh, Think about your food uh, for your kids. Uh, Most kids, if they don't eat, if they're like mine, they get really hangry, uh, they get really grouchy, uh, and they can be difficult to deal with, and that is a fun stopper on a night like Halloween. Or what if they get filled up with all that candy and then they get sick? You know, I've seen... Oh, I don't know how many times kids that have just gouged themselves on candy and then threw up right in the yard. You know, that's just that's just nasty. Uh, you you don't want it all over their costume. So you you definitely do don't you want, want to, you want to let them do that on purpose so they can learn or, <laughs> or here no. eat this. Yeah, that's what you do with your three year old. Eat this. Eat more of this. No, you don't want to do that. Well, I'm talking more like a seven or eight year old. Oh, okay, okay, it's okay then, Dad. I'm going to eat my candy. Okay then. <laughs> Keep working. Parenting advice by Jay White. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, definitely plan that kind of stuff out. Uh, If you're going to be, you know, trick-or-treating, think about when your child is going to have something to eat. If they've had school earlier in the day and they haven't had anything since, you know, 12 or 1, and then they're going to go trick-or-treating, uh, when's the next time that they're going to eat? Eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. You know, think about those kinds of things. Uh, and you might want to delay when you start and have them eat something first. Uh, and they're more likely to keep that candy. You know, generally speaking, it's probably not a good idea to eat the candy as they trick or treat. Again, there's too many distractions with that. 
Uh, you know, they're throwing trash all over the place or back into the bag. Uh, and for younger kids, you know, we don't find it so often anymore, but tampering of candy used to be a big deal when I was growing up. A lot of people doing bad things to that. Um, you know, you, you want to sort of screen what the candy looks like. If it looks like something's been tampered with, you don't want them eating that. So it's just a good idea to have that routine of collect the candy that we'll eat it later and probably spread that out over time, right? So spread it out over a couple of weeks. Most of that candy's going to, it's not going to spoil at all. We always, we know most of the candy we eat or our kids eat will last, I don't know, at least seven years uh, without degrading. So it's got a, a long shelf life. So um, so think about that, the times, and think about what you're going to do prior to the activity and then, of course, after the activity. Uh, those are all things that are important. You know, costumes are a big deal. Um, most people, I think, today would buy some type of costume. And kids, you know, they probably have already badgered you. If you haven't got your costume, there's probably plenty of time to do that. And kudos to the costume people because for kids – they have made some costumes a lot safer uh, with those reflective surfaces or reflective tape built into the costume. Uh, but one thing, you know, <laughs> here's the setup that, I, that we usually see. So you have a five or six-year-old, and they really, man, they still want to be Elsa, right, from Frozen. Uh, and they want to dress up like that princess and uh, really put on a show uh, during Halloween. However, the only costume that you can find that looks even the, the remotely like Elsa is about five sizes too big. Uh, so if you buy it the day of, and that's the only thing that's left, and you try to put that costume on that child, well, they're going to be tripping around all over that dress. Uh, same thing, you know, even if, it, if it's appropriately uh, sized for your child, or at least on the packaging it might have that, it still doesn't mean that they're not going to have some problems with it. So previewing that beforehand, both in how you buy it for the child, you know, with him there to think, okay, is this really going to fit? If you have the opportunity to have them try it on then, most of them you don't because they're in a package uh, or you're ordering it online, that's okay. But when it gets home, have them put it on before they actually go out. And then you might need to do, you know, most of the, nobody would send this to get altered. You just sort of pin it up yourself. Uh, pretty easy to do if you just, you know, take some safety pins or other things to do that with uh, beforehand. But make sure that you're previewing that costume. Uh, and again, mask are ripe with a lot of problems uh, with how they can see outside of those. So if, you know, you might want to even... Uh, um, a lot of kids will end up not wearing the mask because they can't see uh, where they're going. Or they may take some pictures or other things uh, with that mask on and then take it off when they're actually going trick-or-treating. So make sure they can safely walk uh, going up and down curbs and places where they may not be able to see uh, in the total costume. Think about those low-light conditions. You might even want to you know, try this on a couple of days beforehand. Uh, have them try it on and go out in low light conditions just to sort of give it a run through to see what's going to happen. And, you know, you might say, you know, well, we probably need a flashlight uh, um, in that case. And don't forget what they'll be carrying as well. So if they're carrying a bag, if they're carrying some kind of bucket, uh, those are things that um, that they certainly want to uh, want to you want to think about. The, the shoes that they wear, too, a lot of costumes will have built-in things that sort of attach to the shoes or shoes themselves. Make sure the shoes fit well, uh, and the, again, that those costumes are short enough so that they're not going to trip over them. 
think about flammable situations as well. So it's not just the costume, but what the environment is in. Uh, a lot of people still carve pumpkins. We uh, like to do that at our house. Um, you know, and there's thankfully there's a lot of other ways to light up that pumpkin. They're a lot brighter uh, than the old candle and flame, uh, but it can get pretty hot depending on, you know, where that uh, uh, where you have those pumpkins situated and uh, how much of a flame you have in there. So if you have a live flame, uh, make sure it's out of the way. It doesn't uh, it's not going to catch on fire uh, with the immediate vicinity. Um, with anything that they're that they have on, you know, we talked about mask. Another thing that you might think about um, face paint or makeup is probably a better idea than a mask, as far as how how a child can visualize their environment. Uh, and, uh, and but you do want to test that ahead of time. And some kids have come in around Halloween with uh, you know cutaneous skin. Um, reactions to some uh, type of material that's in that face paint or makeup. And you can do that very easily. It doesn't have to be on the face if you're going to test that, and probably you don't want to do it on the face. You know, on the arm, uh, the hand is another place on the back of the hand that you might want to test that makeup out that you're going to put on them. Just some small uh, patch of skin uh, to ensure there's not any kind of surprises that uh, that happen on the same day. Um uh, flame retardant materials, uh, the, you know, a lot of the wigs, the hats, uh, those things are going to be around their he- head and even the costumes themselves. A lot of them are flame resistant or flame retardant. That doesn't mean that you can walk through flames with it. Uh, it just means that it's a little bit more resistant to catching on fire. Uh, if there is a sword or a cane or a staff or something like that, uh, you make sure that's not sharp, um, or too long for your child because they can easily be hurt uh, by that. Now, a big one that we've seen, you know, I didn't see it a whole lot last year, but um, are these uh, colored uh, contact lenses or the crazy contact lenses, you know, that have either cat eyes or all kinds of different iris and uh, pupil combinations on there. Uh, Make sure that your child has, if they're going to do that, which honestly I would not recommend that because most of those are... um, most of those are not approved to be uh, worn in the eye. There are some complications. We've seen corneal abrasions come into the pediatric ER in clinic uh, after they've worn these. Uh, you might want to get checked out by an ophthalmologist uh, prior to um, uh, have them uh, checked out prior to wearing those uh, just because they can be, um, can be sort of dangerous. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We're talking about Halloween safety this morning and uh, any kind of other issues that you might have. You can give us a call this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to kids at mpbonline.org. We're going to continue our discussion about Halloween safety right after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart and talking about Halloween safety, how to keep your kids safe with this upcoming Halloween season and all the kinds of fun activities that they might take part of, regardless if they're trick-or-treating or going to other events. want to keep them safe as always. Lots of good things that we're trying to share with you this morning. Plenty of time, though, for you to call if you have a health question about you or your family. You can give us a ring this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or email us at kids at mpbonline.org. We talked a little bit about pumpkins, so what about that? You know, if you want your kid to carve out a pumpkin and help out small children, of course, uh, never a good idea to give them sharp objects that they can hurt themselves or somebody else. Um, so small children should never carve a pumpkin. Um, they can help though. They can certainly, they can draw a face on the pumpkin and then you as the adult can carve that out or they can paint it. And a lot of people paint pumpkins instead of carving them out. Um, but if you are going to do that with a small child, you want to do that, not the child. Um, and again, consider the flammability of that. Maybe a flashlight glow stick is another good, uh, thing that you can put inside your pumpkin to light it. Um, but if you do use a candle, the smaller ones, the little uh, uh, votive, uh, that's probably the wrong way to say it, a votive, can- uh, I don't think it is votive, uh, uh, the small candles, uh, the tea light candles are probably the best and safest to use. They're a little bit harder to uh, to knock over should the pumpkin fall over as well. But most of the time, you know, using some of those LED lights or um, uh, some of the chemical uh, glow sticks are are the best for that situation. Uh, make sure that you put your pumpkins, particularly if they're candle lit, on a sturdy platform. Uh, probably the ground is better than up on a table, but if it is a table away from curtains or other things that are going to be flammable. Um, and, uh, you know, think about how trick-or-treaters are going to approach your front porch. If it's like an obstacle course from an American Ninja, Ninja Warrior, uh, you might want to amend that a little bit and uh, move some things around. Um, and, you know, if there's not a clear path up there, uh, you know, just try to try to open that up as much as possible and thinking about uh, kids coming up to your home. Another way that you can keep it safe is, uh, you know, look at look for other things that might be out there. Garden hoses in the lawn, um, you know, rakes or other tools. Uh, certainly want to get them out of the way, any kind of sticks. Um, bikes, lawn decorations, make sure that you have, you know, you might want to light the way to your home that you want kids to, to preferentially come. That's one way that you can keep uh, anybody coming up to your door safe. Um, check those outdoor lights too, and replace any kind of burnout bulbs. Uh, wet leaves should be, you know, they can, uh, uh, slide over, um, you know, they want to sweep them out of the way so that you have, a, again, a clear path. And pets. Pets are another big deal. 
Um, I tell people who come up to my yard that my dog barks at cars, but she basically just leans on people. Uh, and particularly if you give her food, she'll do anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's that's something that you want to keep those pets away uh, that can cause a lot of problems. And even if you have a dog that's normally friendly, if you're wearing a costume, then all bets are off. You know, that dog's going to might be scared by the way that you look, uh, even if it's uh, their own owners. So just keep that in mind. Probably, you know, sort of a freaky time for, for animals sometimes, Halloween. Uh, you might want to keep them uh, uh, safely put away. Uh, while you have those trick-or-treaters out there. Um, we mentioned a parent or responsible adult should always accompany young children on any kind of neighborhood route and make sure that you have um, a way to light uh, the pathway um, and then agree on certain things that are going to happen um, most of the injuries, again, that we see are going to be pedestrian injuries. That's the most common injury that occurs with children and actually adults on Halloween. So just remind them to stay in a group, uh, communicate where they're going to be going. Uh, a lot of most older kids and adolescents will have a phone with them. Uh, make sure that they have that phone on if there's any kind of problem so that they can call you and you can call them. Um, and another thing is, you know, Really think about those well-lit streets uh, and neighborhoods that you can you can uh, trick-or-treat in. If there's not a sidewalk available, uh, make sure that they're walking on the far edge of the road with uh, facing oncoming traffic. Um, that's, that's really important. And if you're driving around, just keep that in mind. Uh, you de- definitely slow down. Please slow down uh, in neighborhoods that are going to be trick-or-treating. I know a lot of neighborhoods, they'll actually... Uh, block off tra- all traffic. I know there's uh, a couple uh, around uh, that uh, do that to try to keep things safe so that people just walk during those times. Never cut across yards or use alleys to get uh, back and forth to different places. I mean, that's going to you know, cause a lot of, uh, a lot of difficulty and also uh, can be a little unsafe not knowing uh, where, where people are, uh, particularly who want to harm kids. Um, you know, don't assume the right of way if you're walking across the street. Uh, make sure kids understand that because uh, whoever's in that car or truck, they're not going to necessarily see your kids or you uh, like they would in a normal situations. And, you know, just because one car is going to stop and do that doesn't mean that they're all going to do that. Um, if you see any suspicious activity, of course, as always, notify law enforcement of that. If there's anything that's unlawful or suspicious, um, you know, you be the first one to report that. And uh, law enforcement uh, know that they're very open and they want to hear things like that early rather than late. The worst thing is, is to hear that somebody uh, saw something that was a little suspicious and really didn't, uh, didn't do anything about that. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We're talking about Halloween safety today and uh, how to keep your kids and your family and you safe for this Halloween holiday we have coming up. going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to finish out our discussion about Halloween safety tips. Still got time for you to call in if you have a question about the health of your children. You can reach us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or email us at kids at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after this break.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're talking about Halloween safety this morning, how to keep everybody safe. And I love that uh, little boo with the maniacal laugh that uh, MPB's got going on these days. This makes me laugh. I've laughed at that thing I don't know how many times in the last week or two. Um, Halloween. So lots of things going on, how to keep your kids safe. You know, we mentioned candy earlier and things to eat and uh, maybe getting them a meal that's appropriate um, besides just candy corn. Uh, Prior to going out and trick-or-treating would probably be a good idea. Uh, or prior to going to call, to uh, to parties, that's going to discourage particularly the younger kids uh, from uh, filling up on those Halloween treats. Um, you know, I got this uh, email from Joe, uh, who's given us a couple of things. He said one of the things that he often tells his children or told his children when they were growing up uh, was to never enter a home if they're trick-or-treating or a car uh, particularly if it's somebody that they don't know. Those are two good things that you can tell your uh, children. And uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Joe, um, that, um, you know, if you if they, um, you know, if they're invited into a home when they're trick-or-treating, they should never do that. Stay on the front porch or at the front door. Uh, same thing with, with vehicles. Never get into a vehicle like that because uh, we definitely want to keep people safe from the and away from those who might do those types of things. Um you know, trying to ration those things is a big deal. I mean, it's it really it, being able to go through the candy um, with your child, um, you know, after the fact, make it a big, you know, something that's uh, that you that you a big event that you do. Let's see what all kinds of candy that you got. Uh, or maybe have a competition if you have if you have a couple of kids. See who got the most candy uh, afterwards, and if they eat it all, they didn't. You know, maybe win the award. If you're giving out candy, and if certainly there's plenty of kids out there with food allergies that we have to take into to consideration. Uh, you know, if your child has significant food allergies and that's an issue uh, with them uh, that you know about, consider other alternatives. Consider other fun things that you can do. Uh, with them um, instead of trick-or-treating where you don't really know what each individual is going to have. If you are in your home and you're going to have children coming up to your doorway, uh, you might want to consider non-food items as treats. So a lot of people do some small toys or other things that you can give out. Um, that might be you know, something that you can you can do as an alternative if you don't want to uh, have that food. I, a lot of people love to cook. And they do some really just, I, I can remember trick-or-treating in our old neighborhood. And, uh, you know, man, there's some people that went all out on making all kinds of good stuff to eat. Cookies, um, probably, you're probably going to be left over with a lot of cookies, uh, particularly nowadays. It's not a whole lot of people are going to eat those on the spot. Certainly some kids will, but just to alleviate any kind of concerns that, uh, somebody's mom or dad might have about that. Probably not a good idea to do that. Certainly, you can throw a party at your house, invite people over with your parents and do that. Uh, but uh, for the trick-or-treating part of it, uh, it's probably best to stray, uh, stay away from those kinds of things. Um, trick-or-treating on different vehicles is another thing. You know, um, Older adolescents, make sure they park and then go do something 
you know, walk around uh, so that they're not driving around from from uh, door to door. I know there are some neighborhoods that that might be logistically the best thing to do, but if you think about that, that's just more opportunity you have uh, to have kids uh, who in low light conditions are going to be hurt. Um, and then, you know, a lot of kids would like to, they'll ask to bike around the neighborhood. It's probably best to just stick with walking. Uh, if they're on a scooter, if they're on a bike with the costume flowing in the breeze, they might look like a superhero on that little uh, moped, but that's probably not a good idea uh, for them to do that. Just a lot more opportunities to get hurt. So keep it simple. And, you know, I always remember as a parent, you're a parent. You're not, a, you're not a, your kid's friend. That can come later. Um, uh, too many parents that regret not doing that. And certainly this is another opportunity to coach them through that about what's safe, make them, uh, you know, kids don't make their, the best decisions. I mean, that's what being a child is all about. They just don't always make the best decisions. And it's up to us as parents to help them do that. And finally, modeling good behavior. Can't say enough about this. Um, you know, how you conduct yourself in front of your kids Uh, is going to lay down the groundwork for how they're going to develop in their understanding of the behavior that's expected for them. Uh, And it gives them a good, uh, you know, uh, idea in their mind about how they're supposed to conduct themselves in different situations, especially if those situations are a little bit uh, more dangerous because of, again, low light conditions or uh, costumes. They're going to remember those things that you taught them at an early age and how you conducted yourself. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'm that dad. I'm that dad who still, I can embarrass my kids uh, by uh, going in costume. The last bowl, I mentioned bowling earlier. The last resident bowling tournament I went to, I dressed up like Prince. That's right, the artist. And, uh, man, it was a good, it was a combo of a homemade uh, costume that I did, which I prefer to do. That's my preferred thing. And uh, I can embarrass some kids, but how you do that... Uh, or picking up your son from baseball practice dressed as Olaf the snowman. Uh, that's that's a good one, too. If you really want to lay down the groundwork of embarrassing them, I highly encourage doing that and uh, having fun with your kids. Uh, but make sure that they're getting a good pattern of how to conduct themselves. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Think about all those activities that you can participate in with your children. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from you, our listeners. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. I'm Dr. Jimmy. You can join us every Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.